Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello, it's so good to see you. I feel like I need to reintroduce myself. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Hey, how's it going? Tiny House Gaming and Tech Podcast. It's Jason hanging out with you. Good to see you. Thank you for being here. I know it's been a long time since I've done an episode. I apologize greatly for that. Uh, to, to be honest, I've just kind of been, you know, doing my thing, working through stuff. Um, and I have been extremely busy with stuff. And in the end, man, after coming, I just straight up, I'm just honest about it. You know, like after coming home from a long day on the night shift, I I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Like I'm burnt out. Like it's hard sometimes to get motivated to do things when you're so tired and i'm not a young man anymore <laughs> i'm not that 20 something that uh, could just stay up all hours of the night pull 48 hour days and just grind on uh, on stuff so i have to really pace myself and make sure that i'm focusing on myself and my health and you know all that good stuff so yeah there, there definitely has been a break of podcast episodes and content in general and it's not because i don't want to do it it's just ah, finding the time to do it is difficult sometimes so i'm going through a streak of that right now but um i'm here today sitting down with you it is the 23rd Wow, what are we, May? May 23rd, it's currently 1.15 in the morning, and I am just going to do an episode and pop this out for you guys. I'm, I'm excited to sit here and chat. There's been a ton of stuff that's happened over the last, uh, what, two months, three months, but uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'll just do a short little recap of some things that stood out to me, and then I have some backlog on a few voicemails that we'll get to, and uh, then maybe at the end, I'll play a song that uh, I've been working on because I have been a little bit productive in the studio uh, on my uh, my day off uh, here and there. So, you know, we'll well, that's kind of the the uh, the idea for the episode. I'm doing it from my uh, gaming office, as I call it. This is where I do my live streams and things like that on Twitch and uh where i play my pc gaming and some console gaming stuff i have some consoles hooked up for live streams and things so um if that's you know again if that's something that you're into and want to check out always uh you're always um welcome to do so on my twitch and um everywhere else so uh thank you so uh, before we start the episode thank you for your continued support thank you to all of my patrons uh, thank you to all of my friends who have reached out and uh, continue to remain in contact with me and to give your support. I appreciate that. It is definitely noted. So, um, and I'll just ramble off the uh, the contact stuff before we jump in. Uh, 503-908-5490 is the phone number if you want to get at me to leave a voicemail. Maybe we can talk about some stuff, gaming tech related, would love to. Or to send an email over, heinehouselive at gmail.com. That's where you send the emails. Of course, everything is available at heinehouse.com. That's the website. Uh, so let's jump into a few things. Um, hey, crack a cold one. All right, I got this little like green paradise zero sugar monster thing. Crack a cold one, you know, cheers to you. All right, let's, let's, let's jump into this the right way. Mm. That's pretty good. What is that, mango? Oh, no. No, what is that? Ultra Paradise is called. It almost tastes like um, passion fruit or something. Oh, so full of passion. Let's get one more swig of that. 
Mm. Okay. Let's jump in. Again, there's a lot that's happened, and I could sit here and talk for like four hours about all the stuff that has happened in the last two or three months, but I wasn't going to. I just pulled some gaming news. I didn't even really look at the tech stuff. We're going to jump. We're going to just get back into swing of things. We're just easing into this. How about some gaming news? Let's talk about a few things. N64 Switch Online controllers. You know, these are the controllers that Nintendo offers. They did uh, wireless controllers for the Switch. Uh, for the and the NES controllers, they did the Super Nintendo controllers, and then they also did the N64 controllers, their wireless, because they have their Switch Online retro gaming service, right? They have those console games you can play. So they have these controllers that you can get. You have to have an active Switch Online membership. They're exclusive to people with those memberships. And they offer them, and they're great. I love them. The NES controllers are great. They're great for playing all the NES games. They just sync up. They're, they feel perfect. They're first party. They're wonderful. Same thing with the Super Nintendo ones. Amazing. Love them. Fantastic. Now, the N64 ones, haven't been able to get a hold of. Why is that? Well, because they sell out. They sell out every single time. And I, a part of me wants to say, like, well, it's the scalpers, and it's the bots, and it's the resellers. You have to have an active... Nintendo Switch online service membership. So, I don't know. Explain it to me. How scalpers, even though people are buying them and selling them and getting scalpers money for it, but how do you buy multiples of it? You can only buy up to four per account. They must just have multiple accounts that they're paying for the Switch service? Or it's really just people who have the service buy the controllers and then flip them because they're not interested in having them or playing that at all, which I think, I think the second option is, is pretty much key of what that is. Um, I'm still trying to get a hold of them myself. We can't find them. The second they went up, which last week they went back on their website, they sold out in like 4.3 nanoseconds. They were just totally gone. Um, so have any of you got them? Are you interested in them? Here's the reason why I want them. N64, love it or hate it, you, that controller was a defining moment in gaming. It, it really defined analog control for Nintendo in general. Now, the joysticks, say what you want about it. Yes, it isn't perfect. It has problems, all right? But it was really the first of its kind. Now, the little three pro... You know what? I've got one right here. Why don't I just, why don't I just bust it out? I mean, we've got it all right here. You know, say what you want about this thing, okay? I, I, I truly enjoyed this. I love this controller. And the, the joystick was great. The grip handle is awesome. And by the way, this is like the same outline of the nunchuck. If you look at this, did you know that? Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, it's really fantastic. Uh, and, and look at this thing. You see the nunchuck in there? Look at that thing. It's a nunchuck. What? I know. Mind blown. So playing N64 games, because this was a really unique controller, it was like one analog stick, then you had the two main buttons, A and B, and then you had the four C buttons over here. And that made for a really unique button mapping on games. So a modern controller, like a PS2, PlayStation, PS2, anyway, all the way up to Xbox and current stuff, they don't really map all that well 
because you have these two joysticks. You can use one joystick, right? But then you have four face buttons and then you have a D-pad and the button layout is just different. So I'm trying to play these N64 games with a pro controller and it, it just doesn't really work all that well. That, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel normal. So yeah. So yeah, I want the N64 controllers for my N64 game. So trying to find them, can't find them. They just released uh, Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards on their Nintendo online service. So that's great. And even comparison to the Wii U port of it that they did years ago, it looks really, really good. I mean, you got to hand it to Nintendo for doing, you know, these games and porting them and making them look pretty good. And I will give them credit in this regard is that there were some updates to the other N64 games in this patch. So it, it shows that Nintendo is looking and listening to the community and they are fixing some of their games. So a few patch notes that I jotted down. Um... Uh, it was revealed that adjustments to a number of existing N64 titles, including Star Fox 64, Dr. Mario 64, Mario Golf, and a few others, which serve as a reminder that they are looking and watching. So they added Kirby 64. Then they adjusted Star Fox 64, had a gamma adjustment enabled. So gamma value is set to 1.8 now in Star Fox 64. Dr. Mario had a renderer settings adjusted constant value underscore zero was added. Mario Golf had a renderer setting adjusted. Um, const value underscore one was added. So they've added some settings to the renderer and also a gamma setting for N64. So I need to jump back in there and see how it looks. I wonder how much better it looks. It just shows they're doing little things. You know, remember they fixed Zelda recently. Um, there was a bunch of issues when it launched with like missing fog or weird stuff like that. They've gone in and fixed that recently. They've patched it. So that's, that's pretty nice. I mean, again, the N64 is one of those interesting topics. It's a love hate with a lot of people, but, uh, I enjoy the N64. There was not a console that was bigger hype than N64. My goodness. What a time to be alive. Um, I miss those days. I remember when it came out, I remember playing Super Mario uh 64 just that's all we had for a while just over and over and over so good um anyway moving along so good news for a few call of duty players if there's any left out there <laughs> i'm just kidding i you know what i love zombies we were playing that again last night late last night loved it love playing um co-op zombies but all the other stuff eh, not so much however this new news and update to Call of Duty might actually make me jump back in Warzone. What? Will I do that? Check this out. They released a blog post, and the devs behind the Call of Duty's Ricochet anti-cheat system have outlined a new cloaking measure that makes legitimate players invisible to cheaters. It effectively makes it impossible for cheaters to compete during a match, regardless of any illicit software they might be using. What? This is amazing. So if you're cheating in Call of Duty, you cannot see other non-cheating players. 
and the post goes on. I didn't write this down, but I, I read the whole thing. The post actually goes on to say that non-cheaters are able to see the cheaters and take them out. Amazing. This is amazing. Honestly, this is amazing. And they even showed video of it in action. They showed video of what it does uh, for the cheaters and what you see and what you don't see. I, I love it. I think it's great. You know what? Ban every single one of them. Get them out of here. You know, this is great. Put all the little babies in a playpen. Let them just play and just play with those toys and the little ball pit. Let them play. Let them have it. I think it's great. Put them all in a corner. Put baby in corner. I love it. It's beautiful. I may actually go back. The article did go on to say that this isn't something new. It's been around since February. Love it. Love it. Um, what is Sega doing? Delisting some Sonic games? Sega is going to delist the digital versions of Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles and Sonic CD starting on May 20th. This is on digital platforms. Multiple articles and sources have reported that the games being pulled will be featured in the upcoming Sonic Origins collection releasing June 23rd. So, now you remember on Steam and other... Well, is it on other places? I've only ever seen it on Steam. Um, maybe it's other places, but I've only seen these Sonic games on Steam where you can buy them kind of a la carte. You know, there were some Genesis Collection bundles on Steam. You know what I'm talking about. So you can get them kind of by themselves. But this appears, the Sonic Origins Collection is going to be kind of the bee's knees. It's going to kind of the know-all be-all of Sonic games from what, um, what I understand. So June 23rd, that's coming up right around the corner. So be on the lookout for that. So, hey, not too bad. Not too bad of news there for you, but Sonic will be coming back, but not in a la carte style. Um, some news from EA. I was going to report about this, but then it's kind of like a rumor, so I didn't really want to report too much about it. You probably heard rumblings that, like, they were looking to be bought out or something, and I don't know. It's, it's kind of like it's vapor news right now, so I don't even want to talk about it, but who knows if they're wanting to be bought out that's circulating. Anyway, this one is official, though. EA is dropping the FIFA name. So if you're a FIFA fan, EA is ditching the FIFA branding. And it really isn't a total surprise for lots of FIFA fans. I personally don't play FIFA, but I obviously follow what EA is doing. I follow, you know, Battlefield and Need for Speed franchises and things of that nature. But uh, EA publicly announced last year it was re reviewing our naming rights agreement with FIFA. That's what they said, quote, um, there were some leaked comments from EA CEO Andrew Wilson indicating that he was dissatisfied with the company's branding deal with FIFA. He said here in these leaked quotes here, quote, basically what we get from FIFA in a non-World Cup year is the four letters on the front of the box. He said that according to VGC's report in the comments. So, Yeah. Starting next year, the series will be called EA Sports FC. That is the new name. Um, hold your horses. I know the question's coming, and no, I don't think any of the early FIFA games will be worth any more money. <laughs> I know people are already speculating, well, does that mean they're going to be worth more money because it has a FIFA name? Mm, not likely. Mm -hmm. Not likely, folks. Mm. This is some good news, though. For racing fans, Need for Speed fans, Burnout fans, are we excited for this news? 
this broke last week and I could not wait to say it and talk about it. A new need for speed is coming. Yes, we already knew this. But what is the kicker here? What is the catch? The catch is that it is being developed by a dream team. Now, I'm going to hype this up because honestly, folks, okay, yeah, I'm going to hype this up. We'll, we'll talk about it because if this shit fails, if this goes down the drain, the series is over. This is, this is huge news, big news for Need for Speed fans. They've been lackluster for many years. Look, Need for Speed Heat was a great game. Nothing wrong with it. It just, there was nothing real special about it. Nothing felt really unique or special. So, you know, we're, we're looking for the return of Need for Speed. We're looking for that thrill of Need for Speed. We want that back. We may get it. A combination of two developers posted by Codemasters on Twitter. Quote, we can confirm Criterion Games and the development team at Codemasters are officially coming together to create a future Need for Speed game. They go on to say, sharing common values and similar cultures, we strongly believe unifying the huge wealth of expertise across both teams will help us to deliver the best racing experiences we can for our players. Great news. Great tweet. Amazing, amazing things happening here. If you remember, and if, if you don't know, let me just put it into perspective a little bit for you too. I've jotted some notes here to remind everyone. Both developers are responsible for some of the best racing games that we've had through previous years. Uh, Criterion Games, obviously, in charge of the Burnout series. They did all the Burnout series. My favorite, of course, was two, and then Takedown, uh, pretty fantastic. But uh, all of them up into the most famously known, probably for Paradise, although my least favorite. It's still probably one of the most popular ones. Um, most people know about Burnout Paradise. Um, of course, they're responsible for some of the Need for Speed games as well, Most Wanted and Rivals. And they've been, in the more modern times, been adding and giving support to um, Battle, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 and a little support on some of the Battlefield games. So take that as you will. And then, of course, Codemasters. Do we, do we need to say a whole lot about Codemasters here? I mean, they kind of... Uh, uh, Codemasters, this, uh, this specific team of developers kind of rose from the ashes after Evolution Studios uh, was shut down uh, from... Sony shut them down back in 2016 for that failed Drive Club launch. But they're responsible for, obviously, Drive Club, and they're responsible for the MotorStorm series here, which is amazing. Uh, in fact, DF Retro on YouTube, uh, Fancy Justice just posted it in our Discord server here. Um, which is great. Uh, check that out too. Uh, I can't wait to watch that retrospective of MotorStorm. I'm looking at it because it's right here on my other screen. Um, check that out for sure. But uh, yeah, MotorStorm, they did Drive Club, obviously. And today they're doing mostly on the grid and F1 series of racing. It's just, we have a team, we have two dream teams of great racing pedigree. So my thought is, Instead of in the past, like they've done, is give it to one dev and then they do it for a year or two and then give it to another dev and they do it for a year or two. Let's just get them together, bring them together, and the best of the best, let's put our brains together and let's create an amazing Need for Speed game. Honestly, let's do it. I feel like we're in good hands. Uh, if, if there really was a moment 
if there was a moment in time where I felt the most confident that we're going to get something great, it's right now. And I'm saying this as a fan of the franchise from day one, um, a racing fan, uh, a lover of Criterion, and a lover of Codemasters. I'm saying this as a friend, as a fan, as a customer, as a player. Let's do this. Let's get it together and let's create an amazing experience that we all can enjoy. And if this game flops, then the series is done in my book. There's, I don't think there will be much that they can do to really bring back Need for Speed um, and make it make it well. You'll just you'll have to come just come over to the house and find me playing Need for Speed uh, on my 3DO. I'm just gonna go back to the original. That's it. <laughs> um, and then a quick note about um, other racing games. Speaking of racing games here test drive unlimited solar crown which is this open world supercar uh one-to-one -one scale open world experience racing game um it was originally announced back in 2020 slated for release in 2022 but we just got news that it is being pushed back to sometime in 2023 we kind of saw this coming when they announced it, we were all excited. And then here we are in 2022, about what, two quarters in, haven't heard a peep out of them. No gameplay, no hype, no nothing. And so we kind of, people have been speculating like, I think, I think we're going to lose, uh, you know, this game and it's going to be coming out later on. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened here. I have a quote with them with so much support from our fans in the series. We know many of you will be disappointed, but our goal with test drive unlimited solar crown is to make it the most polished gaming experience in the franchise by spending more time on its development. Um, they said that on their Steam page. Uh, they went on to write, Test Drive Unlimited isn't just a racing game, it's a game about the joy of driving, a sensation that's probably easier to compare from behind the wheel of, say, an Aston Martin, and not a 2007 Chrysler you inherited from your mom. <laughs> Speed is king, obviously, but the experience also encompasses listening to radio while driving, putting the top down when the rain stops, and using the turn signals properly, and even simply opening the window, they wrote. So, if that doesn't give you a little more perspective about what they're thinking and where their heads are at, I'm going to be honest with you, um, I'm stoked for this game, very excited, was talking about this with uh, the homie Andy. Uh, on Discord about this, and the thing is, let them take all the time they need. Honestly, take all the time you need. We have great racing games. We have, obviously, the Forza Horizon series has been killer. Great game. Love the new one, too. Horizon 5 is a brilliant game. And even, like, the, some of the new grid games and stuff like that, they're great. They're great fun, a lot of fun. I still go, out, go back and play Crew 2 often. But why? Because it's great. It's good fun. Open world. It's just it, it's so great with friends. You know, we love that sort of thing. So if you're going to take some time and put more effort into creating that driving experience, almost like a little more sim elements into it, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Take all the time you need. Folks, go for it. Um, are any of you excited about that? Any of you coming up thinking about that game? I know it's been off radar for a while. Um... How about this? Techland, famous Techland, the developer that supports their games for years to come. Techland, the one that keeps on pushing 
patches and updates on their old IPs and creating DLC that should be supported. These guys are great. We have to give them credit. Techland, Dying Light 1 and 2, Class Act developers. These are just my words here. Class Act. They made a post this week saying we are very happy that we've accomplished or we're very happy with what we have accomplished with Dying Light franchise so far as Techland CEO. Moreover, our journey with Dying Light 2 Stay Human has only just begun, and we plan to support this game for at least five years with its scope and size matching, if not exceeding what we have previously provided our, custom, our community with during post-launch support for its predecessor, which means... Hey, they supported Dying Light 1 even up until today. They just released a new DLC pack, which is one of the last ones, I think. But again, what are we, six years, seven years down the road? This is great. I mean, hand it to them. This is good stuff. I say all this because they say, at the same time, our ambition is to introduce a brand new IP that is vastly different from what we have been doing for the past several years. We want to create a fully next-gen experience, a new fantasy epic set and a sprawling open world fueled by the skills and expertise we have gained as a team over the years, infused with new ideas, passion, and creativity. So they're wanting to bring this epic fantasy sort of RPG-type game out, and it sounds fantastic. No name for it. They're just calling it kind of a fantasy RPG right now. But uh, if it's anything like the Dying Light series of games, like you can, you know what you're going to get into. It's going to be sprawling. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to get loads of support. And honestly, it should be supported. Absolutely should be supported. These, these, the entire team, the entire group of everyone involved at Techland is, they're just fantastic. I love them. Honestly, I really do. And uh, I love their videos. I love their, their pump up videos that they do for their games all the promotion and advertisement they do for their games. It's also, that's really good, too. Um, Studio said that it's preparing to significantly grow the development team and shared a link on its jobs page, which have postings for over 60 new postings. I went and scoured them. I looked. Sadly, there's no, there's no job openings for uh, anyone that needs help with audio there. So <laughs> I was crying. Come on, Techland, let me apply. Hire me. I'd love to work for you. That would be great. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, 503-908-5490 is the phone number if you want to get at me and talk about any of that stuff that we just talked about. I mean, again, I just scoured a few articles just looking at all the stuff. There's a ton of stuff that's been going on out there, but we'll catch all up on it um, again. I just wanted to... Pull up a few of the stuff that stood out to me. Yeah, I'm excited for all this stuff. So we got some new games coming out. You know, the Switch OLEDs out there. Um, people are still having trouble finding PS5s and new Xboxes. I mean, it's 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 a tough thing out there. Um, have you been able to find any of these new consoles? Um, are you excited about some of this new stuff that's happening? I don't know if I really want to talk too much about the rumors. I don't have any of this on my notes. I'm just speaking uh just talking out of my ass here but the rumors were flying around about a new nintendo console possibly being revealed next year now does that sound about right yes it does it does sound about right 
five, six years, that's about the longevity of a console's lifespan until we see um, an announcement happen, right? So are we there? Yeah, we are. What, 2016? When did the Switch come out? 2016? See, we didn't get the Switch till way later, but uh, that's great. I'm right in front of my computer. I just type it in. When did it come out? Release date. I should know it. There it is. March 3rd, 2017. Okay, so here we are. You know, we're, we're a few years in, and I, th I think it's time for us to actually see um, a, new, a new console. But here's, here's an interesting discussion, and I think we should talk about this. Again, jot the phone number down, leave me a voicemail, call me about this, let's talk about this. I'm, I'm really interested to know kind of the, my feelers on like what the community thinks about this. I was talking with, this, with Stephanie, and if there's going to be a new Nintendo console, what is that console? What does that console look like to you? What is it? What do you think it's going to look like? And I don't mean like physically, what's it going to look like? I mean, in terms of features and abilities, because here's my prediction. And I think this is, this is actually, man, it's hard to, it's hard to really say, but so remember when the Wii came out and built into the Wii was a full-fledged, fully operational uh, GameCube scaled down with controller ports, memory card slots, and everything. It was a Wii, but it was a full-on GameCube. That was huge. That really helped the sales because I think that allowed more gamers to adopt it and have less of a hit of like, well... We can't play any of our old games again. You know, that's kind of been the, the standard for new consoles, right? And in more modern times, right, Microsoft has done backwards compatibility. Sony is finally starting to get into a little bit of that there. Although behind paywalls, you are able to play some of your stuff um, or at least have access to some of your stuff, uh, the retro stuff. But my, my thought on this is that, okay, are we going to get a Switch 2? And as much as I want to say no, it's not going to be a Switch 2. I want it to be something grand, a grandioso, something massive, something actual. Like, come on, Nintendo, let's actually put in, like, let's put the hardware in it. Let's beef it up. Let's make it a real console. Let's put some real balls behind it. Fact is, it's not going to be. It's just not going to be. That's not how Nintendo does it. They're all about experience. They're all about first-party experience, about innovation, about doing things different, even if that's going about it the wrong way. And I say wrong way because how long did it take them to adopt online? It was like not even a, th a thought in their minds. They're like, they don't see the value. You know, in fact, I still think they don't see the value in online gaming. Hey, look, Smash Bros. came out, and they put that thing online. What happened? Blew up. It was amazing. All right? Splatoon, doing well. Mario Kart, doing well. But still, not on the grand scale I wish that they would have been in. They should have been investing in online back in, when the Wii came out. When the Wii came out, that should have been the always-connected online experience for gamers. That really should have been. Anyway, I'm, but I'm getting sidetracked. See, I'm very passionate about this sort of thing because I've been thinking about this for a while. So, Switch 2. 
it has to be a Switch 2. It has to be a handheld. It has to be portable. It has to be a Switch. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. The next console, if it's not a Switch, it's going to fail. They have done so well with the Switch. It's People love it. It's fantastic for, for what it does, for the portability. Look, I don't use it portable. I don't. I dock that thing on the dock. It pulls up on my big-ass TV, and we play games. That's what I love about it. So if they got rid of the, the portability aspect of it, I couldn't care less. I'm actually okay with that. Get rid of that for me. But I'm, I'm very much a minority in that. Most people love the portability. They love to put it in their case, take it with them and play somewhere. And I got to hand it to them. Yeah, it's, it's actually really, really nice. It's great. My, uh, my brother CJ can come over to our house, bring his Switch, dock it on our dock, boom, pulls up on the TV. He's got all his shit right there, all his games he can play, all of the stuff he's got, his save games are all right. It's so nice. Oh, I love that. It's so great. So they can't do without that. That's my point. They can't do without that. We have to have some sort of Switch 2 that is, in theory, just an upgraded, beefier version of the Switch. Maybe it's built into the dock. Maybe, maybe, it's, um, maybe it's something like that to where we have a different dock. Maybe, maybe there's, there's power now in the dock. Maybe there's an extra GPU or, or processor power or something. Maybe, it's, maybe the dock is, has become more of a console unit itself. And when you dock the Switch into it, it takes advantage of all that processing power. This is just, I'm just spitballing here. I have no idea. But my theory is something like that, but it's also fully backwards compatible with Switch. Fully. You can play all of your Switch games. You're probably going to have to log into that new Switch with your Nintendo account, and then your old Switch gets erased, which is kind of how it is now. It's so ass backwards, but whatever. Um, that's for another episode. But yeah, it's it's got to be something that's a bit more powerful, and it it kind of has to be what the Switch is right now. Am I, please correct me if you think I'm wrong, or if you think I, if there's a different way to look at this, but I honestly don't see them coming out with a console that doesn't do what the Switch does currently. I don't see it. I don't see it. We're not going to see the jump from GameCube to Wii. We're not going to see that. We're not going to see that. We're not going to see the jump from uh, Wii to... Um, well, Wii U... See, here, here again, though. Think about it. Here's to my point. What was the Wii U? The Wii U was exactly what the Wii was, fully-fledged, built-in Wii, but it had the, uh, the Fisher-Price handheld. I call it that because that's what it felt like. It's what it looked like, right? The Wii U was just a little Fisher-Price additional thing to it, but it was a full-fledged Wii. You could plug in your games. You could plug in uh, Wii remotes. You could, you could basically play all that. So that was huge for the Wii U. And even though the, uh, shit, I don't remember what the controller was. What's the name of that controller? Um, uh, the game, what was it called? The game screen, pad, pad gamer screener thinger. I don't remember what it's called, but, uh, yeah, Fisher price, man. And again, was the Wii U kind of like a, uh, just a side piece to tide us over for the switch. I kind of think so. 
I kind of think so. I think they needed another two or three years on the Switch to really flesh out what it was going to be. And we got it. Because ultimately, let's be honest, ultimately the Wii U was, is what the Switch... They wanted the Switch to be what the Switch was, and they couldn't get it with the Wii U. So that, that was it. They were still working on it. So anyway, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. But yeah, a lot of great stuff there. Let me know what you think of that. I would actually really like to know um, your thoughts on that. I'll flash a number again for you. 503-908-5490. Are you excited for whatever this new uh, Switch is? I mean, I am, for sure. Uh, it'd be nice just to hit 60 frames in our gaming on Switch. <laughs> Goodness, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. But it really would be nice. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and hop over. I want to hop over to the uh, the voicemails here and take a few calls because I have a couple that are backlogged here. So let me just pull it up. I've got it right here on my computer. Uh, first one here looks like it's from Joey. He sent it a few months ago. Joey, I love you, brother. Sorry for the long delay in this. Hey, Jason. It's your pal, Joey. Hey, I just wanted to call in and get your thoughts on the current state of the video game collector's market. Um, this is something that I've had on my mind for quite some time. I just yeah. want someone to talk to about it. Um, I just find that the hobby of simply just collecting video games is no longer an enjoyable experience. You know, when a majority of the population now sees a video game in the wild, their eyes light up with dollar signs. There's no more, you know, I mean, there's more video game resellers now more than ever, and these super common games that we used to get for a dollar, five dollars, are now selling for the most ridiculous prices imaginable. Um, you know, I live in a little little town, well, a little city called Lynchburg, and I'm in Virginia. I don't have access to these awesome thrift stores and awesome Goodwills like other people do, you know, in bigger cities. So, you know, I get most of my games from eBay. Um, you know, I go to eBay, man, and my heart just drops seeing some of these prices. Uh, I hate it. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, you know, I hope you and Stephanie are doing well, and I look forward to hearing from you. Take care, friend. Thank you, Joey. Great voicemail. Great question. How much time do you have? Again, probably could do a whole episode just on that. Um, I'll try to condense a little bit. I agree completely with you, Joey. Um, it is difficult. It is difficult to see anything of our childhood or anything of a, of a scene or um, pastime or hobby or something that we we relate to as fun and exciting, it's hard to see it get sort of ruined or deteriorate in a way that we see the resell and the popularity of it. And I think that goes with anything though, man, that goes with anything that you're going to collect, anything that you're going to be a hobby of at sooner or later, when people realize that the water is warm and there's good swimming in there, and, you know, clothes are optional. When they realize it's just great, everyone's going to jump in. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying that I'm for it. I'm just saying that this sort of thing has, has happened, and it's been happening. And yes, it's hard to see the games go up in, in, in value. And you know what? If that, you know, sometimes you got to just take a step back and take a step away from it and um, come back later on. You know, come back later on or in spurts, but, uh, you know, don't get carried away with, you know, trying to have all these games and this and that it's, it can be, it can be frustrating. It's almost like looking for a job on, 
on, on a jobbing or monster or something. You ever do that? You ever be, you ever be uh, unemployed looking for a job on monster? That's really <laughs> some really depressing shit. It's kind of the same thing. You hop on eBay, you hop on Amazon, you hop on, hop on anywhere and you start to get really depressed with it. And, um, I don't think I'm really answering your question that well. I'm kind of just agreeing with you. And sometimes I don't have the answer to that. I don't have the magical wand. I wish I did to just wave it and say, let's go back 20 years to when it was amazing. And, and, and we could have moments like we used to have. I mean, again, not to rub salt into the wound or anything, Joy. And, and again, we go back a long time. Uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you so much. Um, but I mean, one of the greatest stories I always, I have ever told was when I walked into a Goodwill, this was, this was maybe, this had to have been 23, 24 years ago at this point and I uh, walked in and they just had a whole bunch of boxed and some even sealed virtual boy games. I think there was like eight or nine of them in the glass cabinet there and they wanted, I think it was nine ninety nine a piece, 10 bucks a pop. And I just bought them all right there on the spot. And it's like. You know, stuff like that just doesn't exist anymore. And again, you know what, you know, Joey, you talked about you don't have the the Goodwills or the thrift stores or this and that that other people do. And and to be honest, um, Goodwills and thrift stores today, especially Goodwill, uh, they should be renamed to Badwill. I mean, they're they're terrible now because they have people that look stuff up. And you know this. This has been happening for years. But, you know, they've got a team of people in the back that look at these games when they come in. They get on eBay. They price them. And then they put them on their own seller market, their own auction site. It's pathetic. It's, it's a disgrace. And it is in no way Goodwill helping people at all. I mean, you can't even go on Goodwill and find decent priced clothing. You know, what What about people who can't afford to go buy new clothes? They're going to go to Goodwill and try to, to find clothes for that job interview or try to find clothes for their family. We've got these companies who are just, just price gouging and just putting the prices through the roof to where people can't even afford those anymore. Like, you're better off buying a new a new blouse or a new shirt or something when Goodwill wants to charge 14, 15 bucks a, uh, a, a polo shirt, like get, get real, you know, it's same thing in the game industry though, for them. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, my only advice for you really, Joey would really just to be, you know, take a break, take a step back, enjoy the games you have, um, you know, enjoy gaming with friends, get online, play something online together and just enjoy those moments and make those moments. But is it ever going to come down? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I don't really think I have any good news for that either. Uh, it's, it's, of course, they don't make these games anymore, supply and demand. And, of course, they become super, super trendy and popular with everyone, even non-gamers and resellers. So uh, it's a great question, Joey. And I'm I'm so sorry that I don't have a better answer for you. I just have to, I have to simply agree with you and say that it's very difficult now. I understand it's difficult. And unless you can find these shops that have bargain bins or independent thrift stores, mom and pop thrift stores, which do still exist, um, look there. Um, stay away from the Goodwills if possible. We just have so many around us here that it's, you know, we love going into them, but it's getting more and more difficult. But, um, you know, if you ever do some traveling, look up some independent mom and pop uh, thrift stores and see if you can find stuff there. So thanks for the voicemail, Joey. I appreciate that.
Um, and then uh, let's do one more. Let's do one more voicemail here from, of course, Cam. I got to play one for you, Cam. It's been so long. Uh, let's see. This was back uh, April. What's up, Jason? The Maniac here, uh, Cameron. Just wanted to uh, touch base. Hope you're doing well. Um, so this kind of happened to me today, and I was curious of your opinion on it. Um, and it's sort of one of the, one of those things where it just kind of bugged me, and I wanted to, to vent a little bit. I think you can probably, probably relate, but uh, I got new glasses. Um, you know, new glasses today. It's been about ten years actually. So I got a new prescription. Uh, got you know, went to the glasses place. You know, of course, my insurance covers a lot of it, and then, you know, they try to upsell you on all the, you know, transitions it's and different lens options, et cetera. It's a scam. But this time around, I just went for the, I said, just give me the most basic lenses. I don't need any of that other stuff. And it was amazing. It went from, like, this is with insurance, like $290 to 70 so um, anyway, I had, of course, that happened. That's a little frustrating. That makes you kind of feel bad for not wanting to get all the extra perks. But, um, you know, uh, and then, of course, I went to GameStop. This was in the mall. I never really go to GameStop. Uh, I've probably been about 10 times in my life. And then I go, I buy uh, two games, which I, you know, I rarely buy newer games. It's just, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Um, but of course they, they tried to upsell me on a pro membership. I, so I declined that. And they, they tried to upsell me on a, uh, like insurance. And I, and then I overheard them upselling somebody on insurance for a new console. And it's just the same reason why I don't like to go to, to a guitar center anymore because no matter what you buy, they try to upsell you on some sort of a replacement plan. And I'm, it's one of the things like that gives me so much anxiety having to deal with that every time I buy anything. I'd rather just not shop there anymore. Um, I was just curious of your opinion. Uh, I feel like everywhere I go, they just try to upsell me on something to get, you know, to get more money out of me. And that's just, it's just so frustrating. So anyway, do. I hope you're doing well. Uh, hope life is good and we'll chat soon. Cameron, good to hear from you. Thank you for the voicemail. Sorry. It took me so long to get back to you on it. Uh, yeah. He talked about a lot of stuff in there. A uh, couple things. Yeah, the glasses stuff, yeah, it's such a scam. It's such a scam. Look, okay, I'm that guy, all right? I've had the the $500 Oakley prescription sunglasses, multiple pairs. I've had the expensive Versace fucking glasses, all right? I've had the Pradas. I've had the Ray-Bans. I've had all those, right? I got glasses in 2009 or 2011. So, like, okay, I get it. I get it. However, it is a scam. It is such a scam. So you're right. And insurance does cover a lot of that stuff. I'm going to just make a quick recommendation on this for you. Because I don't buy any of that shit anymore. I don't go there. I don't, I don't play that game. I go in there and they hate it. They get pissed. They don't want to do it. They write it really sloppy so I can't understand. I ask them to please write my prescription neatly on this piece of paper so I can read it. They want to do chicken scratch doctor style just to piss me off, but I ask them to write it neatly, and then I take my prescription and I walk out. I leave. They don't like that. They make money on the lenses, just like GameStop makes money on the upgrades, on the pro membership, on the warranties, on the extended warranties. Like Guitar Center, they make money not necessarily on the product so much. Their markup is between 20 and 40%, but they make money 
on that warranty, on that extra shit, that pro player, whatever it was. I, my Guitar Center pro player card is over there buried. Don't even use it. Don't want it. Don't want to go there anymore. So, yes. So for glasses, check this out. And this isn't sponsored. I just, I've been using them for years. The glasses I'm wearing right here are from Zenny. They're great. Z-E-N-N-I.com. Zenny.com. Check it out. They have great, cheap, affordable glasses. If you find something that you like, you know, you can just like save the style, um, uh, uh, the pupil distance. You put all your prescription in and then boom, and you can order them up. They're cheap. I think I paid like 50 bucks for these. That's great. And they have the anti-reflective. You might be able to even see it on some of my lenses when I look around, but it's got the anti-glare on it. Um, they're not polarized or anything. You can get all that. You can get all that fancy stuff if you, if, if you need that. But uh, yeah, great stuff. You're going to spend between, I mean, some lenses are even five bucks. So like five bucks up to maybe a hundred bucks for a pair. And honestly, yeah, they're great. So check them out. Zenny.com. That's my recommendation. There's a few others that do it, but um, Zenny is good. Um, yeah. And Guitar Center. Yeah, I stopped going there a long time ago. Same thing, dude. It's just an upsell. And you have to feel bad for the people working there. You have to feel bad because they make money on the extended warranties, on the upsell, on all that stuff. They have quotas. They have charts in the back. They have to hit certain targets to get raises and this. It's a shitty game. It's It really sucks. So, yeah, I feel bad for them too. Same thing with GameStop, dude. GameStop is the same exact situation. I feel bad for them because they have to upsell you upsell you upsell you and it's frustrating it's super frustrating um stories old as time cameron <laughs> stories old as time but that's it man that's it and it, it is very very frustrating and i completely agree with you 100 percent on that um for me i just everything i order music wise now i just do it from sweetwater i got my my sales rep that is assigned to me in fact, in fact, he, he called me not too long ago. Uh, I got the voice right here, actually. Hey, Jason, it's James over at Sweetwater Sound, reaching out just to see how things were going with the cast and everything. Give a call anytime. Let me know what I can be working on to help, buddy. Thanks much. Talk to you soon. James, big shout out to you. He listens to the podcast, you know? So like that right there, it's funny. I just, I have all my voicemails up and he just called the other day that's the kind of service that's the kind of stuff you want he's not pushy he calls just check in say hi see how the podcast is going hey what are you doing jay you need you need anything you need cables how's your mic how's your mixers he just checks in and honestly i've had issues with defective products from sweetwater right i had a krk sub that went out after like a month dude they took care of it they don't mess around and a part of it was like oh i don't want to deal with like you know, shipping things back and this and that. Dude, they make it so painless. It's okay. It's totally okay. So, um, and to be honest, Cameron, I think Guitar Center has caught on to that. The whole like Sweetwater style where you have like a person that's designated to you, that deals with you, that understands your needs, uh, checks in with you, kind of a one-on-one -on -one thing. Because I keep getting calls from uh, somebody from Guitar Center like, hey, I've been assigned to you and do you need anything? I'd be happy to make a deal and da 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 it's like, I don't know. I think you're a day late and a dollar short here, GC. I think I think Sweetwater's kind of got you, uh, got you under the barrel here. So, 
But uh, anyway, that's really funny that you bring that up and the voicemail was in here. But um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, thank you so much for the voicemails. Uh, so glad to hear from everyone. Thank you for that. Uh, if you want to talk about anything, send me over some voicemails about gaming, maybe some tech, because I didn't really talk about tech too much in this episode. What did I miss? What's new in tech? Uh, 503-908-5490 is the phone number. Live at gmail.com is the voicemail. And uh, I'd be happy to, to talk and hang out and, uh, you know, chat, see what's going on. I think to wrap it up, you know, I used to play a song uh, when I would leave uh, a while ago. I'm going to do that again. I'm going to play a new song. Never been published online, never been heard online yet. In fact, I'm not completely done with it yet. I have a, a saxophone solo that's going to go in here at some point. Uh, it's not in yet. I don't have the take yet, but uh, I do have um, a good rough mix of it right now. Let me disable my compressor for that channel so it doesn't sound too bad let's go ahead and uh, i'm gonna pop it on this is a song i've been working on for a while um i've had it for i've had it for maybe a year kind of picking at it here and there it's something that i really really i really like the song i think i have something really special with it and i want to really do the song it's it's service. I really want to do it upright. So I've been working on it, picking at it. Um, it features the incredibly talented Eric Ladd on bass and electric guitar. Um, and then I'm going to have some saxophone later on. Hopefully, we'll see if that comes to be. Uh, I This song definitely needs saxophone. You'll hear it. But it's kind of this nice, upbeat, kind of funky thing. Sort of this in, in style of uh, the couple skate record. You know, I got, I got some cool, funky stuff going on. So I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to play it for you tonight on our way out, so I'm popping up the uh, the Google Drive here, which I've got it, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, this five minute version. So enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. Much love to you, and uh, I look forward to reconnecting and talking with you soon. Bye for now. Where did it go? Where did it go? We're just getting into it. Let me refresh the page. That's always how it is. That's, you know, that's your worst fear as a DJ. That's your worst fear as a DJ when you're spinning and someone pulls the plug on the power. That's the worst fear. Come on, baby. Let's go. Get that kick drum going. Don't stop the music now. We just want this real funky, real juicy right here. Eric Ladd on guitars, the homie Chaunch, and Big J on the vocals. John, you're a fool for the vocals. Let's go.
about? Hashtag Heidi House, bitches.